Welcome everybody to the Stoke It Up podcast, a podcast encouraging you in your journey with God. I'm Alan Stoddard. I am your host, and we are excited today to have a very special guest, Ellen Cornell. I know her as Ellen Kohler, but she's married to Andrew, and they serve with crew around the world, and you're going to be really encouraged by where she's serving now. It's exciting. We want to encourage you to be on mission with God, the great commission of Jesus Christ, to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing people, teaching them all that Jesus taught his disciples, and remembering that he is in us and with us as we do this thing. That is for you. Well, I want you to listen to someone who's been there and done that and knows how to equip it. Let's jump in and see what God has for us in this episode. Well, all right, everybody. I am here with Ellen Cornell, who I previously knew. Also, I'm having to break myself, Ellen Kohler, but she's married to Andrew. They've been married a year yet? Six months. Six months. That's right. Six months. How exciting. And she is a missionary with what used to be known as Campus Crusade for Christ. If you're old, if you're young, you know it is crew and very exciting. We're doing a series here on disciple making and and uh, evangelism and reaching people, because that is the thing we need to keep at the forefront of all of our lives as a Great Commission lifestyle. And then, of course, that should bleed in and through the local church. So Ellen, thank you for coming on the Stoke It Up podcast. For sure. I'm excited to be here and um, share what God's been doing. Now, now you are a missionary with crew and where do you serve? Uh, I am on the Walt Disney World team. So just to give a little context, we're not handing out tracks to vacationers off coming off Space Mountain. We're reaching the interns that come to work for Disney every year and every semester from all around the world. That is so, okay. I'm going to definitely ask you about that. Um, One of the reasons why we need to pay attention to the topic of evangelism and disciple making, here's a statistic that I've found. Uh, The footnote for it is I've just asked around. I just asked groups of people, a significant amount, hundreds And I will say this, I will say, how many of you were discipled one-on-one or one-on-three after you crossed the line of faith and received Jesus as your Savior and were baptized, water baptism? How many of you were discipled one-on-one, one-on-three? Only one in 10 will raise their hand. Now, it may be higher, Ellen. It may be like three, four, five, maybe even six. I've never seen it more than five or six people. And that number is terrible. And so one of the things that I thought about you is I always, uh, uh, I've told uh, Dana, you know, I, I idolize some of you young guys. I just try to catch the wind of what God's doing in y'all's lives because, um, because I find that crew navigators, um, the translators, the, there's certain parachurch ministries, uh, Christian Challenge with the Baptist guys. Those are the ministries that I find if you examine them, they're the ones actually trying to disciple newer, younger believers. 
So again, one in 10 is discipled. So what I want to do is in these conversations, try to help people, encourage people to start thinking, okay, how can we turn that tide into local church and let it bleed there? So, so when we think about, when you're thinking about disciple making one-on-one and the need for it, I think about three things, relational, uh, intentional content, and then reproducible fruit. Is it, is it reproducible? For example, if I ask a pastor, I'll say, disciple making, they'll go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say, relational, they'll go, yes, yes, I'm doing relational. And I'll go, yes, you're right. You probably are. You get an A plus with extra credit on that one. Okay, intentional content. And they'll say, okay, yeah, I have them read the book of John or whatever they say. But the reality is, if one in 10 are, all, are being discipled, there's, some, there's a disconnect in our intentional content, intentional. And then the third one, by the time I get to this one, the conversation's over, I say, are your disciples able, able to even have an idea that they might need to disciple someone? Were they taught that even? Not, not even not are they doing it, but are they, have you taught them in your content that we expect them to give it away at some point? And the conversation's usually over by then. It's like, no, it doesn't exist. So what I want to, and let me ask you this, and you just jump in anywhere along the line. You're there in Orlando and you already kind of hit on it. Let's do relationship. And how do you relate in your mind, being a campus crusade for Christ missionary and a lover of Jesus, how do you relate? How do you build relational bridges with these interns? Yeah, that's great. And I would say it's not just interns uh, that I work with with my job, but as believers, we are called to every facet of our life is to be poured out for the gospel. Um, So aside from that, it's my neighbors, it's our friends, our family friends. Um, So taking this, I don't want people to hear this and hear, oh, she's a missionary. She can do this. But to hear it and say, hey, I can do this anywhere in whatever context God has placed me. Um, so I would say the number one thing is release your sense of curiosity into a conversation about people, get to know people because God has made us all to be spiritual beings. Therefore we are all on a spiritual journey, period. If you claim you're an atheist, if, uh, you're into like new agey things, you're on a spiritual journey. Now, is it towards God or away from God? That's the difference, but everyone is a spiritual being. And so therefore, as you ask questions and you release your sense of curiosity, you're going to find topics and things you can relate where you can find where someone's at spiritually and hopefully um, get into deeper conversations where you can point them towards Jesus. So I would say that's the number one thing is be a good listener. Uh, We have two ears and one mouth. And so often we just want to get the gospel message across, which is so wonderful, but um, we have to know people. We have to have that wisdom that God calls us to have to jump in. And a huge way to do that is to get to know people and love them as people. So that'd be my number one thing um, relationally is just get to know people. Don't put huge pressure on yourself. And rather than creating a conversation where you think it needs to go, step into what the spirit is already doing. God is already working and moving in people's hearts. And we just step into that. When we do that, our work is easy and our burden is light because God's work is easy and God's burden is light. So it's much easier to step into something that the creator of the universe is already at work in rather than to conjure something up on our own that we want to see happen. 
You're making me think of a book that you are you the one that turned me on to God Space? I think you yeah. are. That book yeah. really is so good. I need to reread it. Mm-hmm. So when I you think about it, say it again. I have a few other suggestions I can leave with you. Oh yeah. Okay. We will we'll get those from me and put links to them in the show notes, everybody. You need to read God Space. I remember that years ago you turned me. When we think about when you think about relationship, how how are what are the challenges that you face in building relationship with internet? Is it internationals that you're focusing yes. on? Mainly, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are the challenges uh, there? Challenges, cultural differences, uh, sometimes language barriers, but overall, I think the biggest challenge I face is working with people in my own culture. Um, because there's that level of shame of if I'm rejected, it's because it feels much deeper than if I'm rejected by someone from another culture, I can blame it on something else of like, oh, we're different cultures. It's harder to connect. Um, so honestly, I think there's much more, there's heightened curiosity and heightened openness between different cultures. It's my own culture. That's more difficult, at least personally. But I mean, every, our own culture, someone else's culture, there's always challenges. Like I said, with internationals, the language barrier, the different cultural differences, your worldview, you might be an honor, shame culture or a guilt, innocence culture, fear, fear, power, so many things that can come into play. How do you keep in building relationship? um, How do you keep? from becoming a project oriented person and remembering that people are people, they're not yeah. projects. Yeah. That's a great, great. Or question. what's your response to that phrase? Do you find yeah. it true that and sometimes in Christianity, we care more about people as projects trying yes. to lead them to the Lord with some aggressive. Yes. yes. I, I see that often and I have, I have done it. I've been part of it. Um, because I think we are, the gospel has come to transform like every part of us, but we still live in that performance-based mentality and so many things we do, including the work we do for the Lord. So deep down, it feels really good to say, I had this many spiritual conversations. These many people came to Christ. Um, so yeah, definitely that is a challenge and I see it happening. Now, how do we keep that from happening? Um, the best way that I see it is just to recognize that God is at work and to step into what God is doing, making him the center, um, and giving him all of the glory and all of the credit for anything that happens. And, Um, I think the more you can get away from numbers, the better numbers are helpful to see like, Hey, this strategy is working. This one isn't, but they can be so detrimental. And the fact of like, we could say, Hey, 20 people repeated this prayer, but was there really a life change in any of them? But if we can see one person's life completely radically transformed by the gospel, we have no idea what kind of ripple effect that's going to make versus 20 people that might've just said something to make us happy. Um, so yeah, I would say keeping God at the center, not focusing on numbers, but focusing on what the spirit is doing and jumping into what God is already doing. I think that's the greatest thing. And also just timelines. I think sometimes we think, okay, by the end of this year, I want to see like this person come to know Christ, but some people might take 20 years and we're just part of their story and part of their journey 
their journey. So stepping into where they are in their life, um, wherever they may be on their spiritual journey and taking them one step closer to Jesus, rather than thinking, ah, it has to be me that makes them convert. And that's, that's so biblical because God says one, one sows, another reaps. Um, so we don't always get to see someone go from darkness to life, but we get to be a part of that journey along the way. I love that. Now, if you're listening, we're talking about relationships and I'm sitting here thinking about that even can become academic and how do, how do, how, how do we control our demeanor? And I'm going, I'm sitting there going, it's prayer. It's abiding in Christ. That abiding personal relationship is what keeps me genuinely caring relationally about people. And I, you know, I'm a pastor, so I'm sometimes we're the worst. I mean, we we're so driven to succeed that we overlook people in a caring way. And we sometimes don't even mean to, but I would, I would say to all of us that we need to be abiding in Christ so that when we do relate to people, we can genuinely care for them because Christ is abiding in us and living in and through us. Relational uh, bridges are crucial to sharing the gospel. I would actually say, if you don't have a relational bridge, the chances that you're just going to go out on the street and lead someone to Christ are slim to none. You're going to do a lot of sowing. Now, you will win people to Christ if you go into the streets. We're supposed to. However, even then, the way you relate, even on the streets with people you don't know, is crucial. So um, we want to pay attention to this. Disciple making and evangelism are, first of all, relational. They have to have relationship because that's where it's caught. We earned the right. Um, and how exciting you're there in Orlando at Disney, where the nations of the world are coming and you and others are in place to share the gospel there. That's very, very exciting. Do you have somebody you're relating to right now that is like your, your one person maybe that you're focused on, Ellen? As far as um, doing discipleship and evangelism? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One girl comes to mind from this semester. And uh, do you want me to share a story? Yeah, yeah do it. Okay. Okay, I, so. The reason why I'm asking that, everybody, is because uh, I know Ellen, she's been to uh, uh, outside the United States internationally. And I've seen your heart on that. You related to in another country to people. Yes. Yeah. So, and um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So as I was sharing earlier, it can be a lot more challenging for me to reach someone in my culture. Um, so I actually went out sharing this past year with a new believer from a campus, uh, a girl named Taylor, and she was out sharing her faith. And uh, it was towards the end of the day. So we were like, OK, Taylor, we're going to go. And she said, well, I'm going to go talk to one more person. And I was thinking, I can't leave this new believer to go do evangelism on her own. She has so much fire to do this. I'm going to go with her. So lo and behold, the next person we talk to is like, oh, sure. I'll, I'll take your survey. So we go through a survey questionnaire. And then at the end, it was very clear. She was not a believer. I was like, no way is this girl going to want to hear what we have to say. We asked if we could share the gospel with her. And she was like, sure. So we shared with her and she was like, I have never heard this about God before. Um, and so from there, got her phone number and 
um, I've just been meeting with her and having coffee with her. And it has been so challenging for me to uh, resist just wanting to go through the points of the gospel and ask her for a decision Um, because I know that's not where she's at yet, but I'm trying to join her where she's at in her spiritual journey and point her towards Christ in every conversation I have. Um, So she is one student that I'm just hoping and trusting the Lord for, whether that be in the next year, the next four years or the next 20 years that I don't see, but the fact that she's wanting to meet up and hear about who God is says a lot to me about what God is doing in her heart. Okay, so let's make an application point for the listeners. One is that you start praying and thinking through about who you're connected to relationally and care about them and just genuinely care. Start praying for them by name, but then genuinely care. Don't force the gospel. I wish I could go back. And, and that sounds antithetical to what we're called to do, but we force the gospel in times because we want to force a decision right away. And urgency is not bad, but we've, we were too early and it may have turned people off or short-circuited whether we got to reap the harvest or not. So pick a person around you and just care for them and relate to them. Maybe it's your neighbor, maybe it's a student at college or in high school, but remember that evangelism and disciple making first start with relational bridges. Now let's move to some intentional content before we run out of time. I'm interested to know what you would do, Ellen, with intentional content of how you share the gospel. And then what do you, what would be the first move after a person is saved of how you disciple someone you were, you serve work for you serve with crew. I mean, you guys, in my mind, y'all are really the elite. I love crew, everything about group. So what do you see there? What's the intentional content for evangelism, sharing the gospel and for disciple making on the front end, let's say the first four months of a person's walk with Christ. Yeah. So intentional content, I would say kind of what we just talked about but have some questions in your back pocket that whoever you're with, you can ask them like, Hey, what's your spiritual background? What was your experience growing up in church? Whatever that would be. So you can jump into those conversations. Second, have some sort of gospel presentation, either memorized or ready to go, whether it's a track or a piece of paper, um, Um, that clearly explains the gospel in a short amount of time, probably five minutes or so. And then at the end, give them a chance to respond. Um, And it's okay if they say, I'm not ready or no, but just say, what would you, what do you think about this? Um, So that, because they might, their heart might be ready. So have something where you can share the gospel. Now, in those times when people do accept Christ, there are thousands of resources out there, lots that we use within crew, but I would say assurance of salvation. You want their identity in Christ, that they are a child of God. That is going to impact everything about them, including the evangelism and ministry they do, the fruits of their life. When they recognize that they belong to God and God belongs to them, that will change everything about them. So um, identity and assurance of salvation. Second, I would say, um, the Holy Spirit, what it means for Christ to be in us 
and to work through us to be our power um, so that we're not doing things by our own agenda or our own works, but we're saying, where's God working? Let me step into that. Let me trust God in this, not my own strengths and my own efforts. Um, and then I would say, just like we see in with Paul in the New Testament, when people become believers, he doesn't wait five years till when they've gone to a Bible college to have them start sharing their faith. Not that that's a bad thing, but he, they go out the next day and start sharing. So when someone receives faith, they're a new creation. Darkness has been brought to life and to light and they can share their faith. They might need a little bit of guidance from you of like, Hey, here's some scripture, here's some verses, but I would get them out sharing their faith within the first month. Cause that's going to resonate deeper with them. And that's going to start that, um, just that, uh, routine of, Hey, this is normal for me as a believer is to share the hope that I have. So I would say those three things, um, identity and assurance of salvation, the Holy spirit, his power in us, and then get them out sharing their faith. How exciting is that? That's why I love campus crusade for Christ. Camp crew has a unique, um, a very unique teaching pathway or approach to the Holy Spirit. I really like it. It is straight down the middle. And uh, I love that, the empowered life. I, I, Man, I'm all excited sitting there listening to you. I'm so proud of you, man. Golly, look at this. God has really shaped you up. And and uh, you and Andrew are just kicking back darkness. How exciting. Let So if you're listening, here's here's what I would say to you. Relational bridge, we got that. But you got to have intentional content. And so Ellen has given us some, uh, you need a gospel presentation that you have memorized. Now, the, I love hearing you say that because that's old school. Matt Queen says he has a, a training that he does called evangelism, evangelizing without memorizing. And there's a big stigma on memorization of scripture. I can't do it. And it but really, if you don't have it internalized, a gospel presentation, uh, you're probably never going to share the gospel. You, you just will always kind of be a step back on it, and you'll want to do it. So what I tell people is learn how to share your testimony. It's the easiest way. Put a couple of scriptures with it, 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, and, and I call it your story. So I will leave I will leave that outline in the show notes for you listeners. If you have never written out your testimony of how you came to know Jesus— and put some scriptures around it, then um, I, I challenge you to do that. And then Ellen said, be, and we could camp here for a minute. Ellen, you said, be willing to ask them for a decision. And if they do, ask them to receive Christ. I ask people questions. Do you believe? And I want to see them shake their head or say yes out of their mouth. Yes. Would you like to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior now? I want to hear them say, yes, I would like that. I want them to make a decision. Then I lead them in a prayer, which that takes a little rehearsal, a little equipping, because it's not natural to lead someone in a repeating kind of prayer uh, in a Starbucks or somewhere. It's just a little odd. If you're not used to that, it's it's a little different, uh, but it can't happen. I've led so many people to the Lord. So listeners, relate to people, but the intentional content is, Learn how to share the gospel. And that's what Ellen's saying. And then the three things that she mentioned about disciple making 
are are spot on. I will put those in the show notes also because that for you would be this. If you're going to learn how to disciple someone, and if you're if you're one if you're one in ten, that means nine people haven't been discipled one on one. And so we're wondering why people aren't discipled. Well, we're not equipping people. We're really not getting it right in the church. And before we came on, I was mentioning to Ellen that, you know, parachurch ministries, that's why they exist in part because churches are programmatic sometimes. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm dissing the family. I don't mean it this way, but I'm just saying we need to pay attention to disciple making because if one in 10 newer, younger believers is not, is, is discipled, that's nine who are not, you got to learn it somewhere. So there's intentional content, intentional content, efficient content that has to be learned. Can we camp on this just for a minute before we go to the last point, which is reproducing? Um, Ellen, what if someone says, I'm not ready? I don't want to receive Jesus right now. And whatever that would look like in the response. How would you encourage our listeners to respond to that? That's a crucial moment. Yeah. I usually say, thank you so much for being honest with me. I would rather you tell me exactly where you are than telling me what you think I want to hear. Do you want to keep growing spiritually and discovering truth? I would love to study the Bible with you or keep having these conversations. Or is there um, a hang up, something that keeps you that um, keeps you from making this decision that we could discuss and just see what they say. I would say never force anything, but uh, God also calls us to be bridge builders because um, there's a lot of misconceptions about who he is. There's a lot of lies from the enemy out there. So we have the privilege of getting to speak the truth about who God is and the truth about his word. So I would just ask, kind of find out what that, um, what that hindrance is and ask, um, ask if they would allow you to just come alongside them in their spiritual journey and take the next step with them. The next step may not be them receiving Christ, but the next step might be them reading the Bible for themselves the first time or honestly answering the questions that they've been too afraid to ask. There, Let's go back to the beginning, everybody. People are not projects. And if we get to the end, I've had people who basically said, no, I'm not interested. And every once in a while, they'll be aggressive enough to go. They're kind of rude about it. Most of the time, they're not. Most of the time, people just say, I'm not ready. And you can see it all over their face. And you can kind of feel it. The Holy Spirit will just kind of be giving you the, the, the revealing of this person's not ready. You'll be sitting there going, this person's not ready. It's obvious they're not ready. They're saying they're not ready. And if I keep pressing, it's going to feel awkward. That's when you're, you, I would say, you know, back up. Um, but you don't want to stop relating to them because they say no. And that happens sometimes in the church because we are so, uh, we want to right now cross the line of faith. And if you don't, you know, I can't relate to you anymore. That's not like the Lord. (laughs) Um, Let's do number three, reproducible fruit. When we disciple people, when I disciple them, I tell them very quickly up front, this is not for you. I mean, that happens before I, in meeting number one, I will tell the person, one-on-one, I'll say, this is not for you. And they sometimes they'll get a look on their face like, what? And I'm like, no, this is not for you. I'm telling you, there's an expectation that we want you to be able to someday be able to give this away. What do you see happening in reproduction ministry, uh, Ellen? Do are you, At Crew, what is, what is the feel there for the, how do you guys, 
uh, instill that into believers? And what do you guys, what are you seeing on the, on the field as far as people's receptivity to reproducing either the gospel and or disciple making in other people's lives as you're discipling them? Yeah, I will say even on the field, it is very challenging because we like our categories in the church, in parachurch ministry of that's the missionary, I'm the student. That's the pastor, I'm the church goer. Mm. But that's not what God says. In the Great Commission, he says, go to all nations and teach them what I've commanded you. Um, paraphrasing the Great Commission, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so there aren't those categories anymore. We're all called to that. And so one thing that we do that we found that's very um, helpful is we actually go share our faith. Because if you, and especially in the States, anywhere you go, you can find training material. Just Google it. Great training material. You can find encouragement. You can find a family of believers that has great relationship and fellowship. All those things are wonderful. What we lack, what I find the most is not always knowledge, though sometimes we do lack knowledge, but it's just going. And that takes a step of faith. It's scary, but that's one great way that you learn. And so we tend to take our goal is to take our disciples out um, sharing either with their roommates, their coworkers, or doing initiative evangelism at least once a semester. So we model it with them and then they do it the next time. Um, so just actually going is one of the biggest steps that I can say in reproduction. The second is like vision casting. If we don't tell people, Hey, this is my goal for you in discipleship. This is what I want to see happen. Just like you did with the, this is not for you. It's not going to click because we think of discipleship as I'm going to sit with this spiritual mentor and have coffee and talk about my life. And it's going to be like a counseling session. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not discipleship. That's not apprenticing Jesus. That is um, having fellowship, which is not bad, but we need to think about what is discipleship and change that definition. And then we need to do that thing. So I think it requires um, action. So giving that vision and then training and going with people so that they don't go it alone and they do that with you. And I think Normally, the first time you take a student and they cross that barrier or take a person and they say, wow, I had a spiritual conversation and the Lord moved and I got to ask people these questions. They are so excited. They're, they'll start doing it on their own. I've seen it happen time and time again. So those would be the two biggest things that I have seen as just being so effective and um, reproducing. That's exciting. I'll, I'll, I'll put those two, the outline of those in the show notes for anybody that you may want to just copy that outline, put it in your uh, phone and make a note. So you can be thinking these things, th thinking these things through um, becoming a disciple maker is crucial. Uh, I've got a passion for it. I went now, the reason why is because I went probably 28 years and was it 28? No, no, one that long. It was a lot. It was over 20 years where I did not do a very good job at one-on-one, one-on-three disciple-making of newer, younger believers. I would put them in a class that was too big. It lacked relationship. Uh, the intentional content was wrong. It wasn't the right content that you... Could you imagine if someone gets discipled by Ellen Cornell and that person gets, let's say, three months 
on the doctrine of assurance, your identity is in Christ, a new believer, learning how to use a Bible and all of that. And then this is what this, the empowered Christian life looks like with the Holy Spirit. Another, let's say you go a, a few months and, and now you're relating in the intentional content. And then and then uh, the other one was, uh, let's see, what was the third one you said? You said uh, um, identity, the empowered life, and was it evangelism? No, what was it? Uh, uh, one was a gospel presentation. Okay, and, and my point is, c- can you imagine, if, if you're listening, you're able to just meet with this person every week, as often as you can. What if you met with this person, newer, younger believer, for one year? I can tell you it makes all the difference in the world. Um, I've had a couple of people feed that into me. Um, John Burton, you know, he used to work for crew way back in the day. And then a guy you don't know, Ellen, his name is Lloyd Blue, but he used to work for crew. And both of those guys have just been great mentors for me. And they said the same thing you've said, model it for other people and let's get the earlier we're feeding into them that your life can reproduce you can become a reproducing christian much earlier i think we've made people it's kind of like sit i get information i'm fed and we don't give that outlet to reproduce definitely yeah well you can think of it as a toddler being taught how to walk but they never actually like their parents talk to them about it all the time, but they just, they sit there, they watch videos about it, but they don't do it. So we're just helping people to do what should be natural. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, look, I'm going to, I'm going to close this out here. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate you. You're always royalty with the Stoddard family. I'll tell Gina, you said hello and she'll listen to this. I'm going to tell her and she knows we're doing the interview and she'll be all excited hearing all this from you. We're just proud of you. We're excited for you and what God's doing in your life. Know that we are motivated by you. We're motivated by Campus Crusade, our crew. I keep saying I'm old school crew. And we're just excited to let these things bleed into local churches of disciple making. To our listeners, we encourage you to subscribe on the YouTube channel and wherever you do podcasts and Apple and Google Play. And And take these things, I challenge you to take these things and stoke that fire up, the gift of God in you. Stoke up the fire of God in you that helps you become a personal evangelist. Don't call yourself that, but know how to share the gospel relationally and then intentionally with content. And then expect reproduction out of your life in every way, because your church needs you to do that. Maybe you're listening and you would be the one that God would say, hey, why don't you go and tell your pastor or your leaders and say, I want to I be the one that helps turn the tide of only one in 10 newer, younger believers is discipled one-on-one or one-on-three. Well, Ellen, thank you for coming on the podcast. Any last words of encouragement to our listeners? Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, Acts 17, 26 through 28. And he made from one man, every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundary of their dwelling place that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him yet for his, he is actually not far from each of us. Um, That's actually just through 27, but wherever you are, God has placed you there so that people may not be far from God. I just think that's awesome because no matter if you are 
a mom, a pastor, a doctor, a student, God's placed you there for a reason. Amen to that. Well, we're all about stoking up this Great Commission lifestyle, and we want to feed that into as many people as we can. So amen to that, Ellen. Know that we love you. Please tell Andrew, thank you for sharing you on the podcast and giving up your time today. We're praying for you guys, and we will see all of you on the next episode of the Stoke It Up podcast. God bless. Thanks so much for having me. Amen.